it sets some unhealthy expectations mm -hmm. it is very dangerous in marriage everything is about communication mm -hmm. you're listening to let's get naughty a podcast for real talk and honest conversations about all things relationships and marriage the good the bad and the naughty whether you're already married almost married or wanting to get married we're here to help you build a solid foundation for a love that lasts let's get naughty y'all welcome into another episode of let's get naughty welcome back guys today we are taken to the internet we are taken to the talk the TikTok. The TikTok. <laughs> we, we are going to be reacting to TikTok's dating advice. We sound so old. We sound so We're old. I, that's going what I was to gonna... the TikTok. <laughs> like that, that's a sign of being old when when you don't say like you're going to Instagram or you're going to TikTok. You're going to the TikTok. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is in order to film this episode, I had to like purposefully go to TikTok and look for this stuff, and I'm not super familiar with how the app works but here we are uh we i think that this is important because tiktok is the app right now and there is especially for the generation that's currently dating <laughs> a lot of them are apparently getting their dating advice from tiktok i think what's interesting is you see um uh, just some really obviously bad mm -hmm. you see some great advice and then you see some that like kind of have some good and some bad mixed in together and those, yeah and that's where it's really interesting and i'm excited to really jump into things like that yeah i should say in my scroll <laughs> say like 80 percent of what i saw was just atrocious to the point where like i didn't even think it was worth really bringing here so a lot of what we're gonna share we're just essentially gonna share some tiktoks and react to them and talk through like what we what our thoughts are on them um, in terms of like long sustainable marriages with dating advice. Uh, yeah. A lot of it was so terrible that it's, it can't even grace this podcast, <laughs> but we're going to do a few fun ones. Yeah. And I, I think that's also important is that we are reacting from a point of dating for marriage. Yeah. You know, I think, I think there's a lot of different purposes that people have for dating. But if you believe that dating is meant for getting married and having a long, successful marriage, I, I think that there's some clear guidelines there. And so, yeah, we're excited to kind of jump in and <laughs> talk about the TikTok. Let me teach you one of the most powerful techniques in dating. Listen, a lot of times in dating, you're going to experience people that are hot and cold, right? One week they're texting you like crazy. The next week they're being short with you and they're not giving you so much attention. What's our first emotional response to that? It's call them out, right? Say, hey, listen, I don't understand why you're not hitting me up. Or, hey, listen, I think I need to take a step back from this situation because it's really bothering me. Let me tell you something. The worst thing that you can do is verbally tell someone that their lack of attention is bothering you. Even if it really is deep down, telling them gives them all the power. The reality is even if you're feeling that way, you need to take actions and stay silent. You can't say shit to them. Just take a step back with actions. Don't say your moves to somebody. Cuz let's say they don't even they're not giving you attention because they're actually busy. Then it shows you're patient, right? And that's better for you. And then let's say they actually don't give a fuck and they're not giving you attention that way. Their true colors are going to come out at some point. So you're better off keeping your mouth shut. Oh, this is so good. 
Okay. We're going to start with a buttload of crap. Yeah, this this one, um, there's a lot going on here. And I, I think the first one is just he's playing games, yeah, right? Yep. You know, and if your relationship is taking strategy in games, that is not a good foundation for a successful marriage because games and marriage do not work. No, absolutely not. I feel like the way that I knew that our relationship was ready to move towards marriage is when I knew that there were no games being had. Right. And that's to say, like, I feel like we had a level of some games happening when we first were dating, yeah. which is when we were not dating well, which again, we still haven't shared our story on the podcast. Yeah, we'll we have to do that. We did not it's date well in the beginning, but I feel like that was truly one of the big markers for me of like, oh, this is really real and sustainable. Like this is someone I can marry when I realized there were zero games going on. Yeah. And one, you don't want to be someone to play games because that's not, you're not marriage material at that point. <laughs> but then two, if someone that you're dating needs games to be played and if you need to like be thinking strategically. Right. And, you know, that kind of leads us into the next point, which is he says, don't verbally communicate that. Yeah. The, that was like the huge flag for me was just, he literally said, the worst thing you can do is communicate. Like, how is that good dating advice? It's terrible. The The answer in your relationship is in maybe like 0.1% of instances to communicate less. Like it, the answer is never to communicate less, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're casually dating, I, I could understand that. But if your purpose in dating is to get married, you have to understand that in marriage, everything is about communication. Mm -hmm. And so if someone's not, communicating well and your reaction is to pull back like that is not good <laughs> yeah another theme i saw a lot as i was looking through tiktok's dating advice was this concept of like not appearing needy and that's right. definitely part of what he's trying to communicate like don't communicate that you desire them which is like it, it's it, again hard to get it's right? all a game yeah playing hard to get but yeah, you shouldn't be like desperate and you should be okay in yourself without the relationship that of the person that you're dating. But I just think that communicate like being playing hard to get is just that's just terrible. Like, yeah, be be good on your own, but like don't <laughs> don't play games. I guess that's really the heart of it. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. That That's a huge theme across TikTok is from what we saw yeah. was that, you know, don't need them right. or don't don't let them know that you want them. And I mean, I think from a psycho psychological point, like there is some truth when we're dating that we like people who don't just like completely fall all over us when we first meet mm. them. And I, I would like encourage people like, hey, you can be self-confident and be self-sustained in dating. And mm. I think that's a good thing. Like we would say find your fulfillment in Jesus and be self-confident mm -hmm. in that. And then like someone will come along and compliment that. I do think that that is at, like, there is some underlying truth there yeah. that I think is very biblical and true in that if you are looking for someone to come in and complete you, which is, I think what we're seeing when we're seeing people are desperate is they're like, you're the person who's going to come complete me. So come mm -hmm. complete me. Like, right now like mm -hmm. i'm desperate for it yeah 
Um, and, and I think that's why at an underlying level, we don't find that attractive. We want right. people who are complete people, right? Right. We're attracted and, to people that are like sure in themselves that don't need us to fill that. Yeah. At and, least if you're a healthy person. Yeah. And so if you're dating, like find that confidence and find that completeness and that's really found in Jesus. And so, right. you know, I think that's a great, you know, kind of takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. But needing to play games to not show that you care about the person or desire to be with them, like just all that is it's just a bunch of money. Yeah. And I, I loved another word that he used because I think it's really interesting in dating. Um, well, and, and also just relationships in general is the idea of power. He mentions mm. you give them all the power. Yes. And it, I, that's what the games are. It's like this power trip, right? Right. Well, and now this is something that like where I don't think people play as many games in marriage. Like I think it's really hard to play games in marriage. I think there is a lot of power dynamic dynamics yeah. and grabbing in marriage. And it can be, you know, from, financially it can be uh just in the relationship or you know like what what we've seen is sometimes even with just kids like mm. the kids can hold the power of you know like I, the kids like me more and so mm. I, I hold more power but like that's that's just another version of games and things like that that can be just so destructive to people is if you guys are doing battle over who holds the power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you if you even see your relationship as a power dynamic of who has the power, that's not a relationship. Like that that's not what your relationship should be. If you approach your relationship, now it is important to say, like we talk a lot about marriage, so sometimes I have to kind of like switch my brain back to the dating phase because there are different healthy boundaries and expectations and things because when you're dating, you're not married yet. And so right. I sometimes I do have to kind of like make that switch and remind myself. But when you're married, if one of you is seeking power, w well, let me say, it is a very natural thing to desire. I mean, scripture says like a woman will desire her husband. That does not mean that she will physically want her husband. It means she wants to be in the position of her husband. Like we have natural desire in us to compete for control and power. And ultimately that is just like selfishness and sin in us. If you are approaching your marriage from that point of like who holds the power I just, I could go on for how detrimental that could be in so many different areas. And so it's different when you're dating versus when you're married. But if you are doing that when you're dating, you're going to bring that into your marriage. And that's not at all healthy in marriage. Yeah. And, and as we were talking about this, I, th I think like, as we think about power in a relationship, I think it's a little bit of a paradigm shift, mm -hmm. paradigm shift that we need to have <laughs> in that it's not the power of the power between who has the power. 
I think it's the power that God has given married couples because we think that married couples are powerful together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so rather than say, do I hold the power or does my wife hold the power? Just be like, wow, look at the power we have together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think I really believe as that. a united force. Yeah, I think that when you combine someone's strengths and weaknesses and another person's strengths and weaknesses, one plus one is now equal to three. Mm. And I think that's God's design mm -hmm. of what marriages can do. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I think like recognizing that the power is in being married and in that. And so don't, <laughs> don't look at your dating relationship as do I hold the power or does this person hold the power? But if I married this person, would one plus one equal three? This is the best dating advice. And it completely worked for me. This is the first of a few, so check out the playlist on my TikTok. So you can do this whether you're currently dating somebody or whether you're not, whether you're single. I want you to go to your notes app, open that up, and make a new note. Label this new note my dream person, dream guy, dream girl, whatever it is. Then you're going to create a checklist. So the little like circles that you can check off, make that. And then you're going to write at least five things that you cannot live without in your dream person. After I went through my divorce several years back, I made this exact same note on my iPhone, except for I had a list of like 20 things. And if you're interested in that note, I can show you in another video. It doesn't really apply to this. But after my divorce, as I started dating again, I would go on dates with people first date and I would check my list. So after my date, I would come home. I would look at my list and I would make sure that the person I went on that date with checked off every single thing or the most important things on that list. And if there were things that were on that list that they didn't have, it wasn't going to go any further than that. Because the more and more dates that you go on with somebody that doesn't actually fit everything that you need in a relationship, the harder it gets to break up with them. And so I wanted to make sure I got to the point. This also didn't allow me to settle for anything. And when I went on a date with my now husband, our first date, I remember looking at that checklist and ladies, he checked off every single thing on that checklist so i want you to know that there really truly is your dream guy out there you just have to not settle before you find him by making this list you will know exactly who your person is and who isn't your person this is a fun one yeah I, what are your like immediate reactions to this uh, i think that there's some truths and some lies yeah. kind of yeah combed in together right, right, right. there and so um i think it's really interesting what what are what, why don't you start with some takeaways? So I would say I mostly agree with her and what she has to say. The biggest one being like, you should have standards and expectations and non-negotiables for what you're looking for in a person. And you should not waste your time dating someone who does not meet those standards. Yeah. I, I feel like that's two things. So start starting on the list. Okay. I think that there are a few things that are you know, must and, um, you know, just things that you can really look out for. I think my question though is, is I think that there's a few really strong ones mm. and then there's a lot of things that I think people would say that they need that I, I would really question if that, if that's a, should be on your list or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think we said previously, I can't remember which episode, but I remember we kind of briefly touched on this idea and we were like, we should do a whole episode about like what's on your list, uh, which we oh, still a, should do be because yeah, I feel like we have a lot. I have a lot of thoughts about this uh, and I would love to hear what y'all think and have to say about this. I think 
it depends what's on your list. Yeah. So I think the first and obvious thing that should be on your list is going to be, are you in the same place spiritually? Because yeah. that is just such a big want and need. Like, so that that is just like the foundational question in right, my head. Right. No questions asked. That is that is a requirement. Yeah. Scripture makes it very clear that you should not be unequally yoked. And there's just no question that if you are a believer, you should want a marriage that is built on the firm foundation of your faith. And you should not date someone who does not have that same desire. So that's definitely the first one. I will say we have, I don't know, maybe we should talk about this at some point, like in terms of dating. If you are dating, we do have a resource of seven questions you should ask to know if you're ready to get married. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of like the seven big conversations we think that you need mm-hmm. to be aligned on in order to get married. So, you know, faith that, being the first like one, a, but yeah, it's kind checklist. of, yeah, it's kind of like our version of what we think should be on the checklist. I think I have, I can think of friends who have, are d- dating and are seeking part <laughs> partner and they have things on their list that I think are very unrealistic and just not helpful i think that they're missing out on amazing men who would make amazing husbands because they're fixated on little things that truly don't matter right and so that's where i think that having a list is not helpful if the stuff on your list is not necessary yeah so i mean we gave you one key that should be on on your list there you know there's some important things like um do you want kids and i mean we could go into you know like conflict resolution mm-hmm. and, there, and there's a few things like that you know like is this person uh, my ride or die you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. you there's a i would say there's probably like four or five that i would say like hey these are really good to be on the list but then i think there's a bunch that are you know really things that i think can just trip people up it kind of gets into that the meme of she's a 10 but yeah you know like <laughs> she has brown hair or she has blue eye, you know, like whatever it is that like doesn't fit your list. I think that there's a lot of things that people can put on there that should not be on a requirement checklist. Mm -hmm. That because they don't contribute to how great they can be as a spouse or the marriage that you can build together. Yeah, absolutely. So if it contributes to that, like, I think that maybe that means it can and should be on your list. But if it's superfluous stuff that doesn't actually factor into how good of a husband or wife they will be, does it really matter? Yeah. And so I think that's just would be some of our pushback is, for example, in her TikTok, she said she had a list of 20 things. And I'm going to guess that if we if we looked at that list, I would disagree with at least 10 of them. Yeah, uh, I just have a hard time thinking well, that we don't know what's on it. But yeah, you we could probably safely assume that there are things on there that we we would personally think are unnecessary. Yeah. And I and I guess like even though, like I said, I feel like I mostly do agree with what she had to say. I just I think that where this could turn into toxic and unhelpful dating advice is just telling women like, hey, like have this perfect picture of 
a man, even, even at the very end, she signed off by saying like, your dream man is out there. You just can't settle until you find him. Right. So if this list is manifesting this like perfect image of this perfect fairy tale prince that you have in your head, and that's going to keep you from a man who is great in so many ways, but maybe doesn't check a couple of the things, then that's where it's like really unhelpful. If, if you're, if you're letting yourself be like, oh yeah, I deserve the best. I deserve everything. I deserve everything I want. So I'm not going to settle until I find my fairy tale prince. That's just unrealistic, but like, don't settle for someone who doesn't meet your requirements. So, you know, it's, it's in the middle there. Yeah. And I think that, that that's a really good point is at the end of the day, there's a lot of really good men and a lot of really good women, but there is always going to be a flaw in someone. Exactly. And so coming in and looking in marriage for a spouse, you have to understand you're marrying someone who's imperfect. And so if you have a list of 20 things to me, it sounds like you're looking for someone who's perfect. Mm -hmm. And so just what like what is really important Mm -hmm. and then just understand is this someone i can grow with Mm -hmm. yeah now something i did love from her advice is the if that person doesn't you know doesn't check your check marks what are you doing dating them right totally i completely agree it that's where i think it's helpful because i do think that if you're looking for a spouse, you're dating, like you are, that's the whole point of dating, like going on a date with someone, checking to see what you can find out about them. And then being like, is this person worth my time to pursue more time with? If they, if you do have a solid idea of healthy non-negotiables and you go on a date with someone who doesn't meet them, run away like don't waste your time yeah i mean and that's something that i think is really common is this casual dating culture right. where people are not dating for the intention of marriage yeah so and so it's easy for them to make excuses for someone who doesn't have requirements that matter to them or or okay a few things one you assume that they're going to change and that you can change them right if you're like oh well he's perfect in all these ways except for he doesn't have the same beliefs as me or he doesn't want kids and I do, but like, I know he loves me. So we're going to figure it out. Like, no, don't. That's terrible advice. Uh, don't waste your time. And I, but the other thing I loved that she said was that she said, I forget what word she used, but like the longer that you date someone who doesn't meet your requirements, the harder that it is to walk away. And that's so right. true. Like that is why dating is so messy and dangerous is when, we waste our time with the wrong people. The deeper that we go, the harder it is to leave and walk away. And and that's when you see people settling and like, you know, choosing relationships that aren't good for them. Look, y'all, with divorce rates near 50%, there is no question getting married is one of the biggest decisions you'll ever make. That is why we created Ready to Not, our premarital course to help you build a solid foundation for a lasting marriage. You'll take the world's leading relationship assessment, get a personalized report on the strengths and growth areas of your relationship, 
and watch lessons where we help you understand your results and give you tools and exercises to grow in nine different areas. This is designed to give you structure to have the important conversations you need to have and to get clear on your expectations and everything from finances to family, conflict, sex, roles, faith, and so much more. Research has proven that investing your time in a course like this will increase your marriage success rate by 30%. Don't just prepare for your wedding day. Invest time preparing for the lifelong marriage that will follow it. And if you're already married, can we just say that this would make an amazing wedding gift? With Ready to Not, we'll help you move into marriage with clarity and confidence. And a special discount just for Let's Get Naughty listeners? Go to knottedmarriage.com slash ready to not and use code LGK25 for $25 off. That's knottedmarriage.com slash R-E-A-D-Y-T-O-K-N-O-T and use code LGK25 for $25 off. Now back to the episode. why you're not crazy if you can't get over that one negative thing your partner said. So in relationships, Dr. John Gottman found that it takes about five positive interactions to negate one singular negative interaction in a relationship. And he was able to take his research and predict upon 90% accuracy, which married couples would be divorced within nine years. And so if you're in a relationship and you have five negative interactions, it's going to take 25 positive interactions to negate those five. This was actually news to to me, I mean, we're, we know of Dr. Gottman. He's yeah. like the, like one of the top experts. I, I'm not going to say the top because I just don't know enough about well, he, the research. Well, the institution has done a ton of research on like, marriages. Yeah. And like, so they have the, from my understanding, the most stats on predictors of divorce and all that stuff. So we know, like we were just reading today about an 87% um, reliability on his ability to predict divorce based off conflict resolution patterns. And so, but yeah, the, the five to one thing is, I feel like something that we've heard, I didn't hear it correlated to that specific stat. Yeah. I, I haven't heard the stats behind it, Yeah, but I mean, I love this one because it is so true. So true. Yeah. This is definitely one we would like thumbs up and agree with because it is so true. I mean, everything in life, uh, the past your marriage, like one easy example that comes to my mind is when we talk about like social media and comments on social media. And as someone who puts their life on the internet, you hear it said all the time, like the negative comments stick so much harder than the positive ones. Right. And so you, you hear people say this, I mean, even if you're not on the internet and just in general, right? Like 10 people can love you, but if one person doesn't like that, sticks with you and and you you think about that and that comment or that mean thing someone said to you like sticks in your mind and it's because our minds we're just wired to focus on the negative because we mm -hmm. want to solve like those problems and fix them and so we we do focus on those things and so apparently the research shows that five to one that like in order to outweigh that negative comment you need at least five positive ones and so i think this relates to the way you talk to your spouse um the level of conflict that you have like a lot of a lot of things yeah and i think i think it also i think brings up the thought for me is it's not just 
you know, how many, like the quantity, but how negative and positive mm, your experiences mm. are. And so something that comes to my mind is like when people are fighting, like, what does that look like? What is said? Do people go to hurtful levels? Mm. Because you're married to someone who is so close to you that if they say something, it can really hurt. And they also know you enough where they know what is going to hurt you mm. and what's not. And so that's really mindful. If you go to that level and you go deep and you hurt someone, like how many really positive interactions is it going to take to recover from that? Yeah, it takes a lot. Yeah. Right. So in general, I mean, any like hurts in your marriage, it takes the filling, you know, I, we can talk about like things that empty your bucket and fill your bucket, right? Like that you, you hear that deposit and withdrawal. Um, what's the word? Yeah. <laughs> Analogy. Analogy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like you have to deposit in order to pull money out. And so anytime you do something that pulls that money out, like you need to have that investment there waiting for you and you need to build it back up. And so I, I think this is so true. And I think just having that perspective of like trying to deposit into your partner in dating too, like this is not just a marriage thing. Um, giving more words are so powerful, man, like yeah. so powerful. And so the way you talk to them and about them, all of those things, but just know that hurtful things that are said, um, ugly fights that happen, or even just in, even if they're not ugly fights, but just like little bickering, like you have to outweigh that with the good, healthy, uplifting stuff or else your marriage or relationship is going to deplete faster. Yeah. And I think this is just perspective. It helps you say, Hey, like, look at how hurtful these negative and how much it takes out of our relationship mm -hmm. when we have these negative interactions, right? Whether it's big fights or even just the small ones, right? It's, it's still withdrawal depending on how much. And we need to counter that with, if it's a big fight, we need five really big positive mm -hmm. like unity moments. And then if it's a small, small bickering moment, we need to have five like quality, smaller interactions. Yeah. Like that is a lot. And so it teaches you, I think it tells you two things is one, we need to be really careful when we're fighting mm -hmm. of how we hurt each other. Mm -hmm. And then two, we need to start de making deposits like right now. Like, yeah, yeah. You need to, it, it requires five positives to like almost like make up for a hurt, but you need to also start with that by building that up in order for those hurts, not to like with, withdraw what's the, overdrawn yeah <laughs> you get an overdrawn fee if like you haven't already built that up before the hurt happens so it has to happen on both sides of hurts and again we've said this a million times like you're going to have withdrawals in your marriage you're going to have you're going to accident you're going to mess up you're going to say hurtful things you're going to you're going to mess up you're going to have conflict um i think you do have a lot of control over how deep that gets which I've said this before, like, I think that's one of the things I'm most like proud of in our relationship. I think we're both so cognizant when just to be really careful to not like 
cut each other deep because we know how hurtful it can be and we don't we don't want to let that happen. So but I think we've seen that with couples who are just like really in a tough rut where they're just constantly withdrawing and <laughs> will encourage them in like some positive things to do to try to like build up their their marriage and and they'll do it once and be like why is this not better and it's like because like you've got a, a lot, lot of withdrawals it yeah. takes five times the amount like you can't just you can't just say one nice thing to your husband and like it's gonna fix this this pattern of hurt that you guys have so yeah i like having that perspective that you need five times the amount of goodness to outweigh that that. Yeah, I feel like that's something you've done a good job of like, I think I do it too. But I think you've helped bring that tone into our marriage. I think of, it of all of the small things of yeah. just being like, thanks for doing the dishes today. Or, you know, like, thanks for going to work today. You know, yeah. I think I've said this before. But like, when I come home, like Molly's like genuinely excited and like, will come give me a big hug. And like, that's a great positive you know deposit in the bank yeah. account but there are more like i feel like we put a lot of small deposits in the bank yes. account on a daily basis that when we've talked to couples that have you know even some of our friends that like might not be doing as well we've noticed that they don't deposit mm -hmm. as much in the bank account yeah yeah, I, I'm thinking of a specific example. Um, a, friends who are just like kind of in a, a tough rut of conflict and hurts. And I was talking through with her, like just encouraging her how to work through that. And I was encouraging her to like affirm her husband and find ways to appreciate him and thank him for things. And I forget like exactly how it came up, but I was trying to give examples of what that looks like for us. And I realized I told her, I like, I honestly think that we say, I love you. I appreciate you or thank you for something like specific, like literally 50 times a day. <laughs> like, okay. That's dramatic, but it's like, I don't think it is. Five or six. I honestly, no, it's more than that. It's way more than that. I'm not kidding. Like we are, and I think I think you you said that I I'm good at it and I've brought it to our relationship. I think that that's true. I think that that is natural for me, but because I brought it to our relationship and I introduced it, it is now just as natural for you because like even though I think just in my nature it's more natural for me, it's now a uh instinct and a habit for you as well even though it does it wouldn't have come as naturally. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. So that's a, that's probably another tangent. We could talk about all the ways to like work on those little daily small deposits, but I think that's a great point that really does play into this five to one thing that like we we've communicated that before that like all of those little small positive things, the ways that we build each other up and appreciate each other and just like deposit into our relationship, it gives us more of a buffer for when those negative things happen, when that one thing does happen or is said, our our, our marriage bank is is has a healthy buffer in it where it doesn't hurt as bad. The withdrawal isn't as severe. Here's your reminder that if he wanted to, he would. 
One time I asked my fiance why his alarm goes off 30 minutes before he actually gets out of the bed and he told me it's because he wanted more time to cuddle me in bed and spend time talking to me before he actually had to get up and go to work. I was out late last night so I wasn't home for dinner and he made dinner for himself and then made sure there was enough left that he could package up and save for me to be able to have lunch today. And I work from home so I could have made myself lunch but he wanted to make sure that I was taken care of. We were laying in bed late one night and I was talking about how we hadn't really had time to go anywhere and just do something outside of the house together. So he got both of us out of the bed, told me to get dressed, and took me on a late night Target trip just to walk around so we could have something to do together. I don't eat most meat so he makes a vegetarian version of almost anything that he makes for himself so that I could have some too if I want it. He has never let me walk through a parking lot in the rain when he's with me before. He always drops me off at the door and then goes and finds a parking spot on his own. But before we were together, I was in relationships where I was begging someone to give me just a fraction of the love that I was pouring out. And I think a lot of us waste so much time trying to teach someone how to love us and train someone how to be a partner when there is someone out there who's willing to give it to you without you having to ask for it and without you having to beg to be loved back. And we all deserve more than having to ask to be loved, bestie. That is all I'm saying. Okay, so this one is an example of a large trend I discovered today. I like to have you like how I like to hold my my glasses up. Oh, you're figuring things out. (laughs) No, I was like, I feel like such an old woman being like, today on the TikTok, I learned (laughs) hashtag if he wanted to, he would, and. So this is just one example. A lot of the ones that I saw were hard to use for a podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, hey, howdy. But I know a lot of people are just listening. And so a lot of them are just like text over videos of boyfriends and husbands doing really sweet things, which wouldn't translate on an audio podcast. So that was an example of, I, you know, more audially like her sharing examples of things that if he wanted to, he would. But this is a big trend videos women are taking of their husbands bringing them breakfast in bed and saying if he wanted to he would like things like that so let's talk about this trend what are your thoughts on if he wanted to he would well again this is some one of those things that i think that there's some truth in and some danger in yeah and so i think the truth is is that men are intentional when they want to be Mm. and you know, I, I think looking for a man who shows intentionality and choosing to be intentional, whether you're dating as a man or in marriage, like you can choose to be intentional with your wife and that those are times to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the good of it. I, th- <laughs> I think that there's some some bad there because it sets some unhealthy expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, that I mean is that the best relationship you've ever seen? Because I've never seen a relationship that good. I mean, do you think that there's anything bad in the relationship? And th- and that's my point is like, that's a Instagram couple right there where, you know, you see all of the good, but they are going to have problems just like anyone else. Sure. And I think that that can set some unrealistic expectations because if a man is being intentional, but it may look different, you know, I think it's easy to say, or or it goes the same way for the opposite sex, you yeah, know, like, sure. man, she is really intentional with her words, like Molly's really intentional with her words, but she doesn't cook like my mom, right? Like, <laughs> my mom makes, like, works, like, seven hours on a meal, and, like, that's what she does. Yeah. 
and that ain't happening over here baby. that's not here like molly's like if it takes me more than 20 minutes it's out right yeah exactly and so like that that's a great really good example of if if i'm looking for intentionality from my spouse like or from from someone who i'm dating seriously like that's really important but i think being careful with what does that look like and does it do i have a standard of what that needs to look like yeah and and so you know she listed examples of all these things that her i forget i think she said fiance i don't know of what he does for her amazing like i'm so glad that he does these things for her a lot of them you do for me but some of them you don't and so if i'm just like oh well if he wanted to he would i guess my husband doesn't love me like that's where it's dangerous right like you don't open the car door for me every time I get in the car. And so there's examples on the internet of men doing that and women saying, if he wanted to, he would like, but, but that doesn't mean at all, like it at all that you don't love me or care for me or willing to do intentional things for me. You don't bring me breakfast in bed every day. No, I bring you coffee in bed every day. So you're a lucky man. Okay. You bring me coffee a lot in bed, (laughs) but, uh, I, I just think that's where, maybe that line is. So a couple of things I wanted to say. I I agree with what you said. The other thing that I think is important here is I I think the um, part of the underlying thing that's not fully being said, but is being said, if he wanted to, he would, is I should not have to communicate what I want or need because if he wanted to do these things for me, he would. Because we we've heard it said the same way of like, if he loves me, he would know. Have you heard that one? Oh, I mean, <laughs> have yeah. I been guilty of that one? <laughs> I feel like that's like, you're, you're saying that is her, that is you. <laughs> it has, well, it has it, been you. Yes, it has been me for sure. And, but that's what I'm saying. Like women are told that and we think that like, oh, well, if he loved me, he would do this and he would know, like he would know. I, he, if he loved me enough, he would be able to read my mind and know what I want and know what I think is romantic and what, what would make me feel loved. I think what she said at the end of like, hey, I was in a relationship where I was begging for someone to love me half as much as I did. And that's not healthy. You don't deserve that. Absolutely not. You do not deserve to beg to be loved. Like, no. But (laughs) it is not a bad thing or it is not a sign that he loves you any less than he should if you have to communicate what you want and think is romantic or or what would make you feel loved or how you would like to see him be intentional in the ways that he loves you. And that is where I think that that can be dangerous is when we've got women over here thinking like, oh, well, if he wanted to open the door for me, he would. So I guess since I haven't communicated to him that it would make me feel really loved if he opened the car door for me every time I got in and he's not doing it. He doesn't love me and he's not willing to do it. And he's just a chump. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things you see is that you try and love your spouse the way that you feel loved. Yeah. And I, I mean, this is just screaming in my head. Oh no. <laughs> so we got married and Molly's love language was words of affirmation, uh, quality time and physical touch. And then we got married and she basically just flushed all of those <laughs> and it just became acts of service, like complete opposite. And it's because she realized that she likes a clean house and things like that. And so I quickly learned that 
cleaning the house equals love to Molly. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I don't do everything, <laughs> but I, I take a couple of things and like I am the dish cleaner and I am the bathroom cleaner, the floor cleaner and like the kitchen wiper downer. So you are. Uh, and so I just own those things yeah. and that blesses Molly. And then when, you know, like whether it's like celebrating your birthday, things like that, like those <laughs> need to be communicated yeah. and I've learned to love you better and to know how to be intentional in a way that blesses you because you've communicated that to right. me. If I just sat back and had this full like mindset that, well, if he loved me, he would know and he would do it. I just think that that's so dangerous to communicate to young women who are looking for husbands that like, oh, he should, he should know he'll do it. You won't even have to ask for it because that's stupid because men are kind of dumb sometimes. <laughs> we as women think a lot in our heads and so we assume that men are doing the same and I have learned through marriage that that's not the case and if I don't tell you what I'm thinking you are not a mind reader and it is very dangerous for me to assume that you can read my mind that never ever goes well no and and basically if like <laughs> we in a previous episode gave the example of me crying two years in a row on my birthday because you didn't do what I wanted you to go back and listen to that. If you haven't, I literally asked and you're like, no, no, I don't, I don't really want anything for my birthday. Is that what I looked like when yeah. I said it? Yeah. That's what you sound like. too. <laughs> that's exactly what I sound like. Uh, so, but that's an example of like, it is not helpful for me to assume that you know what I want. And it doesn't mean that you don't love me if I have to communicate what I want. Like you, you do love me. You did want to celebrate my birthday. You did want to make me feel special. But just because you didn't know how to do it doesn't mean that you didn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? Like you fell sick last night and you were like, I was like, I don't know what you need. Like, I don't know what's going on over there. So you had to say like, hey, like, would you do this and this and this? And I love to do it. I was like, yeah, great. And right. I blessed you. But I was like, I don't know how to take care of you right now. Right. Like, and so I, I think, I don't know. I just want to make sure we're speaking to that. That's where I think it could be dangerous is knowing it's not a sign that your relationship isn't as good or your husband your boyfriend loves you any less if you have to communicate what you need now if you communicate what you need or desire and he makes no effort to do it that's probably a bad sign but don't i just i guess i just don't want to not address the fact that i don't want girls over there thinking that they shouldn't have to say anything and they're just gonna know because that's very dangerous <laughs> yeah i mean I'm sure that there's some smart men out there, but I think it's a pretty safe bet just to assume we're all really dumb. You're just not as observant. Like We're not observant. I I am hyper aware of like anything and everything at all moments. So and you're just like completely oblivious. Uh, <laughs> I feel like guys in general are pretty oblivious and I'm like at a whole next level. Yeah, it's, it's they could do studies on your brain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can like just one of my favorite things, honestly. 
you're so like in your head all the time in a in a way of not the complete opposite of what I was just saying where like I'm like thinking about our arguments when I say I'm in my head but you're just like in your own world thinking about this problem that you're solving in your brain <laughs> if I like talk to you a lot of times it takes you a minute to for your brain to like catch up on what I said <laughs> so sometimes <laughs> What I used to do is I would like say some like say we're okay we're driving in the car to church, and you're you're driving I'm in the passenger seat and and we're not really talking and I say something because something comes to my brain, and you don't respond. I used to just like ask another question like follow up like continue to talk at you until you picked up on what I was saying. Um, but what I've learned to do <laughs> is just ask the question and wait and see how long it takes you to acknowledge that I asked a question and respond. And it's, I swear to God, I feel like I can see in your, I can see the gears in your brain going rewind, like, play and like replay what I said about 45 seconds ago. And then you respond. <laughs> All right. Well, this is like a whole nother, nother conversation, a whole nother conversation. Because we can save it for later, though. My wife talks a little bit, <laughs> and sometimes I'm not a necessary component of this conversation. I'm just like <laughs> there so my wife can talk out loud. Like, All right, we're addressing she, that at another time. Then we'll jump into this another time. <laughs> but it is on because we're having this conversation later. <laughs> yeah, well, we can talk about how I talk at you instead of to you frequently another time <laughs> and who I learned that from but the whole rewind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey you know the things when you can say something that like can cut and hurt someone right there insert who she learned it from yeah we'll get to that at another episode um but yeah anyways wh where did I even come from that just just the concept of like the fact that you can't read my mind and it is not a bad thing for me to be able to communicate. And last night is the, I love that you brought that up. That's a perfect example. I had a migraine last night. I felt like I was going to vomit and pull my brains out all at the same time. It's like excruciating pain. It is really hard for me to know one, know what's going to bring me relief and two, be able to communicate when I need something. But I used to be terrible at communicating. And I used to like when I felt sick like that, for example, I used to be really annoyed when you weren't being like loving and and uh, accommodating yeah. and knowing what to do. But now I've learned like, of course, he doesn't know what to do. I have to be able to tell him. So last night I literally said, can you go get me a bag of ice for me to put on my head? And can you make me a snack to eat? Because I knew that's what I needed. And you were so more than willing to go run and do that and and like do that for me. But I had to be able to ask for it. Yeah, I mean. And how much better did that go than in the past when like, one, those needs weren't being met. And so I was just sitting there in pain. But then two, like I'm annoyed with you because I feel like you're not like accommodating the fact that I need you, but you don't know what to do. It's just like right. messy. Like, as a very unaware dumb <laughs> i don't want to put this on men but just like being dumb casher over here in this situation like I'm, I'm just not aware of these situations right and so 
uh, after you have Advil, it's like, well, what else do you do? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah. So yeah, so I had to communicate to you, and then when I did, you were more than willing to. Yeah, you just didn't know if I hadn't told you, and so. I don't know. I think some of these examples of the if he wanted to, he would are like valid. And, you know, like especially especially in terms of dating, I do think that it's almost better to err on that side of like it's because I feel like a lot of times it's like the cute text messages. Right. And it's like if he wanted to to call you, he would like. Right. I think that's true. Right. Like if you're not hearing from the dude, he's probably not that into you. So I, you know what I mean? I think in the dating scene that can be helpful, but yeah, hopefully we addressed where we feel like the messiness is in that conversation. Yeah. So let us know what your thoughts are on some of these TikToks and what our perspectives are on them. And if there's any other things you want us to respond to or react to, send it our way and we'd love to take a look. Yeah, you guys probably have uh, better example videos you can send us. I found more, but they were terrible. So if you want us to respond to other ones. Yeah, and you guys might use TikTok and not have to go to the TikTok like a bunch of (laughs) old 80-year-olds over here. No, that's what I'm saying. We do have an episode queued up to react to dating advice, like not necessarily TikToks, but just general advice that people have been given so we've already gotten some responses on instagram but if you want to contribute to that make sure you head to knotted marriage on instagram and send us your best or worst dating advice and we will be doing an episode on that soon thank you guys we will see you next week see y'all later Thanks so much for hanging out with us for another episode of Let's Get Naughty. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you want more encouragement, join us on Instagram and YouTube at Knotted Marriage to check out all the other resources we have to help you build a tighter marriage. If this conversation encouraged you in any way, please consider leaving us a review on whatever platform you're listening and posting a screenshot on social media. That support means more than you know and really helps us reach more couples. We'll see you for next week's episode. Go get naughty.